Julie Ryan, noted psychic and medical intuitive, is ready to answer your personal questions, even those you never knew you could ask. For more than 25 years, as she developed and refined her intuitive skills, Julie used her knowledge as a successful inventor and businesswoman to help others. Now, she wants to help you to grow, heal, and get the answers you've been longing to hear. Do you have a question for someone who's transitioned? Do you have a medical issue? What about your pet's health or behavior? Perhaps you have a loved one who's close to death and you'd like to know what's happening. Are you on the path to fulfill your life's purpose? No matter where you are in the world, take a journey to the other side and ask Julie Ryan. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Ask Julie Ryan Show. I'm Julie, your host, and I'm delighted you could join us. My intention in doing this show is to provide information, insight, and comfort to people around the world by helping to answer life's unanswerable questions. We've gotten several questions from people all over the country and around the world, and we also have some callers this evening, so I'm going to start with a question from Yvonne in Canada. She said, Hi, Julie. I'm curious as to whatever you may see in my future, good or bad, as specific as possible, about finances, travel, and health. Thanks, Yvonne. My response is, Hi, Yvonne. At this moment in time, I get that your finances will remain steady and there won't be any major travel in the near future. Keep in mind this can change based on a number of variables, including your own free will. Regarding your health, when I had you on my radar, it looked as if your energy field had a hard outer shell, much like that of a black walnut. I googled nuts from trees because I could picture this nut and I didn't know what kind it was. So if you want to know what a black walnut looks like, Google it. When I see this phenomenon, it's most likely a form of emotional protection. The person is usually subconsciously trying to protect themselves from a real or perceived threat. You may have heard the term being closed off. This applies to you. Over time, being closed off emotionally can take a toll on your body slash health. In your case, when I got underneath the outer shell, I saw GI inflammation. Once I got the inflammation calmed down, your system looked shriveled, which can be the precursor to illness or disease. At that point, I shot energy through your feet and out the top of your head. You lit up like a Christmas tree. What I believe all this means is you're making yourself sick by not allowing yourself to get emotionally close to others. You may want to find a new group of friends. Perhaps joining a charity and volunteering your time might be a good start. Thanks for your question. Okay, a few notes on this. There's always an emotional component in place before disease or illness sets in. And as you may have heard me say in the past, we all have an energy field. And that energy field has a membrane to it, and it has a membrane quality that's similar to saran wrap. And oftentimes I'll see tears or holes in that energy field. Those are caused by emotional issues that we haven't dealt with. So when I'm working one-on-one with a client, 
I'll get a diagnosis by shooting in, in energy up through the top of their head. And I'll, it's like I have a big screen TV in my head and I can see broken bones, torn ligaments, viral infections, bacterial infections, whatever. And I will tell whoever the client is what I'm seeing. That's the diagnosis phase. And then I always watch some kind of a healing occur. It can be in the form of a wound being sutured, a um, something being dressed with energetic gauze-like material or other repairs. It can even look like an energetic surgery. And some of you may remember I was in the medical device industry for decades and have invented surgical devices that are sold throughout the world. So I've spent a lot of time in surgery, and I know what a lot of these procedures look like in human form. They look the same in spirit form to me. So that's the second phase is the healing. And then the third phase is the energy field repair, where when I see a hole or a tear in that membrane-like lining, I'll dive into it, and then I'm shown a scene either from the person's current lifetime or perhaps from a past lifetime. And in the current lifetime, normally I'll be told what age the person was, who was with them, a little bit about what was going on. And as soon as we identify wherever the trauma was, whether the client remembers it or not, I see that energy field membrane start to heal. So those are the three phases of an individual consult. I don't have time to do that on the air, so we usually just get through the diagnosing phase. Hope that helps uh, with information of what we're doing. Okay, we have a caller. So let's see. Hi, this is Julie. Who's this? Hi, Julie. There you are. Great. Hi. Hi. This is Melda. Hi, Melda. How are you? Well, good. Um, Tell everybody was... where you're calling from. Um, California. Terrific. How may I help you? I um, was just listening so that I could hear about Ashton. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. Well, do you want me to read that answer? Let me read the question and the answer. And that came in from, let's see, from Jenny. Is that your daughter? My daughter. Okay. Well, she's my niece. She's your niece. Okay. It says, her question was, hi, Julie, I'm interested in the health condition of Ashton. Melda, tell us how old Ashton is. Nine. Nine. Okay. I said, hi, Jenny. When I scanned Ashton, I saw he had a green tint to his energy field. This usually indicates the presence of environmental toxins. Once I got underneath the green outer layer, I could see his whole body looked inflamed. After applying anti-inflammatory energy, I could see his organs look a bit wilted, indicating he needs help. Here's what I suggest. Go to the American Academy of Environmental Medicine website, which is aaemonline.org. There you can find a physician in your area who specializes in the treatment and prevention of illnesses induced by exposure to biological and chemical agents encountered in air, food, and water. This is a fairly new field, and most doctors don't have the skill sets needed to help Ashton, so you're going to want to find a specialist. 
In the meantime, do your best to buy organic food and cleaning supplies, and remember to use organic slash non-toxic fertilizers and weed preventatives on your lawn and garden to avoid carrying poisons into your home on the bottom of your shoes. Hope this helps. Thanks for your question. So this is your great-nephew? Well, it's my niece's son. Okay. So that would be your (laughs) (laughs) great-nephew. I don't understand all that stuff sometimes. I think he is. He's like your third cousin twice removed. All those kind of questions, those things are fun. I know that they have rabbits in their home, and I know that they have um, fish, and, and they have hamsters. So inside the home, they have a lot of animals. So it's like Wild Kingdom? (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) Wild Kingdom of small animals? We were just wondering whether the animals were contributing to it. Uh, I think he's, well, let me see. I get a yes on that. It's more pronounced than that, though, Melda. It's, It's environmental stuff, like Roundup and fertilizers that have chemicals in it and things like that, because his energy field looks green to me. And when I see mm-hmm. that, it's it's usually m- way more environmental than just, you know, an allergen from a pet. Normally, if I see mm-hmm. allergens from a pet, I'll see a type of pet show up. Okay. Like I would expect, since you told me he's got all of these rabbits and, and small animals in there, I would expect to see images of those. And I'm really seeing way more of what I would consider to be um, fertilizer, herbicides, um, pesticides, that kind of stuff Okay. in his system. So what are his symptoms? Well, I know this last time he, his face got all swollen up. Um, he had no energy. He was, he stayed home from work or from school for a week. Oh, wow. Um, no energy at all. But I guess the swelling, he had a fever. Was, I guess the swelling has gone down now. Did it last very long? About a week. Wow. Okay. And what time of year was it? And what was it's he doing? Now. Last week. Last week. Was he? Has he been outside a lot? I don't think so. You know, I really don't know what his schedule is. I know that they're very busy. Yeah. Is he playing sports? I don't think so. Okay. Well, ask Jenny if he's been outside. Has he been in fields or in parks or in places where they could have sprayed for, um, you know, fertilizer or or bug spray or whatever? Uh, Mm -hmm. If you live in California, I know you don't have a problem with mosquitoes like we do in other parts of the country, like we do here in the Deep South. But there's something going on where he's been exposed to Roundup or pesticides, herbicides, herbicides, that kind of stuff is Hmm. what I'm getting. Okay. So so it it may be very clear to her. Okay, because they have a very tiny bit of lawn, and other than that, they just have a, a pool, so there isn't any real vegetation other than, you know, some trees that they get sprayed. I wonder if he has much lawn or much grass at school during recess if he goes out 
at recess and plays mm-hmm. in a field or grass or something at school. I'm getting oh, a yes okay. on that. Okay. But it's something along those lines. Um, okay. And I'm getting that it's outside. It's not necessarily okay. inside his school or his house. Okay. Okay. But I, I do encourage you to get her to look up that aaemonline.com because those guys are specialists in this environmental okay. medicine stuff. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Well, thanks for calling. You're welcome. It's good to hear you. You too. Take care. Bye. Okay. Speaking of Roundup in the food supply, I have heard so many interviews and read a lot of articles that say that it's just so insidious in our food supply now and and it's poisoning us, basically. It's even... Organic is better than nothing, but it's even in the rainwater, if you think about when, when the water, the rainwater evaporates into the clouds and comes back down, it's got Roundup in it. And so whenever we can use organics, and I, I think it's pretty hard to do all organic, especially if you ever eat out, but as much as we can do organics, better off we're going to be, then the GMO thing is a whole different part of the equation. And some of that has herbicides and pesticides genetically engineered into the food supply. Again, try and avoid that. My brother-in-law's mother grew up in Ireland, and she's in her late 80s. And she's just healthy as a horse. And he keeps saying it's because she's never had contaminated food supplies. She grew up on a farm in Ireland where everything was pure. And that's why she's so healthy late in life. Um, Even now, she seems to be incredibly healthy. She eats organic whenever she can. She doesn't take, um, she doesn't use chemicals in her food. And it seems to be serving her well. So I think a lot of us can learn from that. All right. Thanks, Melda, for your call. And thanks, Jenny, for your question. Next one comes from Sunny in Austin, Texas, and she said, Hi, Julie. I have a few questions about childhood pets. I grew up with a golden retriever mix named Henry. My parents got him when I was just a baby, and he passed when I was 12. As a child, I considered him to be my best friend. Throughout my life, I felt that he was still with me. I'm wondering what his spirit is like now that he's on the other side. For instance, is he still like a dog or is he more human-like now? Do pets who have passed act like a sort of spirit guide? Also, is he still with other members of my family or just me? And lastly, I'm also curious about pets we've had briefly. As a kid, I had many pets that came and went. Do all pets stay with us or only the ones we bond with? Here's my answer. Hi, Sunny. Animals are our companions when they're alive and continue to be after they've transitioned into spirit form. Cultures around the world have honored animals in a spiritual manner from the beginning of time. The oldest known cave painting dates back more than 35,000 years. From Native American shamans to ancient Egyptian priests to the aboriginal people of Australia to the Buddhists in Asia, it seems animals have always played a significant role in the lives of humans. Your beloved deceased dog, Henry, is absolutely with you. He looks and behaves like a dog in spirit form, just like he did when he was alive. 
Henry is still a companion and protector to you and your family members. Based on my experience, I believe the pets with whom we bond are the ones who stay around us in spirit form. When someone is dying, I see the spirit of every pet they've ever had in their lifetime sitting nearby. Everything from farm animals to snakes, horses, cats, dogs, you name it, they're present. And the deceased pet's spirits are always in one area, diagonally to the right of the patient. As you're looking at the patient, they're diagonally to the right. If you can envision a patient laying on a bed face up, they're diagonally to the right and down from where the patient is lying. Please go to the 12 Phases of Transition tab on my site, AskJulieRyan.com, to see a graphic of where the pets are stationed. I affectionately refer to that as the dog pound. However, it can be any kind of animal spirit that's in there. The bottom line is, our pets are with us when we're alive and stay with us in spirit form after they transition. Thanks for your question, Julie. I see my dog, Katie, that we had for 12 years. She died a couple of years ago, and she's always around me. I especially see her when I'm walking the neighborhood at dusk. It's like she's right by my side, and she's protecting me. I used to take her for walks all the time, and it's a riot. I think that she's still with me, but she's in the house. Sometimes I hear when I get bed, get in bed at night, I can hear her kind of sigh. Um, it's fascinating. And I know for those of you who have beloved pets who've passed on, you get signs that that pet's around you. You may hear them. You may feel them. You may think you're hearing them walking through the house or doing something. That's them telling you they are actually walking through the house and that they're with you. So, And it's so touching when these animals are with somebody as they're dying. It's like they're standing at attention. They're standing guard. Um, a lot of times they're standing, sometimes I'll see the dogs that are just sitting upright and they're watching what's going on in the room. They're watching their client, their master, my client, as they're dying. It's like they're an honor guard almost. So pets are absolutely with us for all of our lives and even after they've passed. And I believe in, in the next life, they're with us as well. Have you ever heard of Cozy Earth bedding? It's your ultimate luxury escape. Cozy Earth sheets are temperature regulating and incredibly soft, and they even have a 10-year warranty. They're made from organic bamboo and silk, are hypoallergenic, and even antimicrobial. Cozy Earth sheets are so amazing, they've been on Oprah's favorite things list for five years in a row, and I have them on my bed right now. So if you're ready to elevate your sleep, Cozy Earth has a special offer for just for my listeners. Go to CozyEarth.com and use the code AskJulie for a 35% discount. That's C-O-Z-Y-Earth.com and use code AskJulie for a 35% discount. Upgrade your sleep with Cozy Earth bedding. I love them and so will you. Okay, next question. Rosanna from Nashville, Tennessee asked, Hi, Julie. I have a strain, unusual pain on my elbow. It feels kind of inflamed. Can you please scan my elbow and let me know what's happening? Thank you, Rosanna. 
Hi, Rosanna. Your elbow looks very inflamed, and it looks like you chipped a tiny piece of bone on the outer right edge at the bottom of your elbow. The joint itself looks okay. I applied anti-inflammatory energy to your elbow and watched the bone chip get secured back into place with a type of energetic bone cement. It was like if you get a nick out of a piece of wood and you have the chip of that wood and you put it back in the, the hole where it it came from, and then you secure it with glue around the edges. That's what this looked like, but it was secured with bone cement, which incidentally they use all the time in actual surgeries. I went on to say, your arm was then wrapped in an energetic gauze and placed in a sling. In order to help yourself heal, rest your arm as much as possible. If it feels better, you might consider wearing a sling for the next couple of weeks. Apply ice when your elbow gets really inflamed, and you may want to take an over-the-counter anti-inflammatory medicine like Advil for pain. You may also want to see an orthopedic surgeon if your elbow isn't better within the next week or so. Thanks for your question. One of my dear friends, Joe Marie's husband, his name's Kim, chipped the elbow, chipped his elbow, a little a little bone chip was on his elbow and he suffered with that for a while and he kept wanting me to scan him and say, what is going on with my elbow? Everybody says I have bursitis or arthritis or whatever. It was inflamed. It was hot to the touch. I kept saying, Kim, you got a bone chip. You got a bone chip. Finally, after about a month of suffering with it, he went to the doctor, went to see the orthopedic surgeon and sure enough, he had a little bone chip in his elbow. And so they put him in a sling, he rested it and it was healed in a couple of weeks. So I believe this is the same thing that's going on with Rosanna. So Rosanna, thanks for your call. Thanks for your question online. By the way, call in. We do this every Thursday night and um, you can call in like Melda did and get your questions asked live or you can submit them online. Information on how to do all of that is to call in on Thursday nights. The number is 605-562-3140 and the code, access code is 533-677. Let me repeat that. 605-562-3140. And the access code is 533-677. We tape the show live on Thursday nights, and then it's available on the LOARadioNetwork.com, usually on Saturday. And you can download it a number of ways through iTunes, Stitcher. It's on demand. It's also live streaming. So it's pre-recorded Thursday nights. Call in with your questions, or you can submit them online if you go to the Ask Julie tab at AskJulieRyan.com. And that's where these questions have come from. Okay. The next one is from Maribel from Streamwood, Illinois, and she asked, Hi, Julie. I wanted to see if you can scan my mother, Juana. She has diabetes, high blood pressure, and is a breast cancer survivor. The doctors are telling her that her kidneys are damaged. How bad is she? Thanks so much, Maribel. Hi, Maribel. Per your request, I psychically asked your mother if I could scan her, and she gave me her permission. By the way, 
I turn my radar on and off at will. I don't walk around scanning people. Number one, I believe it's unethical. Number two, it's none of my darn business. And number three, I don't really want to know. So it takes me a nanosecond to turn my radar on and off. Having said that, I don't scan anybody without their permission, but if somebody asks me, like in Maribel's case, to scan a family member or a friend, I can do that. So I connected to Maribel first, and then I connected through Maribel to her mother. I asked her mother's permission, as I just mentioned psychically, she gave me her permission. Sometimes I don't get permission. If I don't, I don't scan the person. So, going on, when I got your mom on my radar, her whole body looked inflamed. Once I got the inflammation calmed down, I could see her kidneys. They too were also very inflamed and looked diseased. When an organ or a body part looks diseased to me, it has kind of a brownish, sometimes grayish color to it. And it Healthy tissue to me looks pink and vibrant. Diseased tissue looks brown or it's a grayish brown sometimes, and it just looks really sick. So that's what her kidneys look like. I believe your mother could soon be a kidney dialysis patient. Although your mother has the ability to heal her body, I don't believe she's inclined to do so at this time. She appreciates the love and care you and your families give her and identifies with being sickly. On the surface, this may initially cause some to resent her and see her as a burden. In reality, however, once you look at the bigger picture and understand that your mom's medical conditions are part of both her life path and your life's path, it will perhaps make it a bit easier for you to deal with the situation. I always believe we subconsciously co-create our lives in combination with God, spirit, the universe, whatever you want to call it. There's always a bigger plan for our lives than we can imagine at any given time, and that plan is always in our best interest. Know that. Trust that. My best to you and your mom. Thanks for your question. Okay. I believe that there's a bigger picture to our lives that we can't envision at any given moment. If you think about how your life has unfolded and you think about something that you wanted and eventually got... Most of the time, it's not in the way you envisioned it happening. All of us can look back at our lives throughout the time that we've been here on Earth, and we can see a progression of our lives. And even when things are going badly for us or we're going through a tough time because somebody's sick or dying or dies or whatever, when we look back at that in retrospect, we can always see blessings that occur along the way. When I'm working with somebody who has a family member who's dying. I'll always say to them, look for the miracles along the way. They're always there. They're happening. You just have to look for them. And invariably, they'll tell me, oh, my gosh, this happened. And there's no way this was a coincidence. There were too many variables that all came together. So what happens is I think God has a bigger picture for us. If we just trust that things are unfolding the way they're supposed to be, then we can go on with our lives and it makes it so much easier and we always get what is in our best interest. You've just got to believe that and trust it. And those of us that are over 50, I think we have enough life experience that we can agree with that. So keep that in mind. Okay, next question. Robin from Bradford, Pennsylvania asked, Dear Julie, 
I've been through some life-changing events in the past five years. I seem to deal with things much better initially than I currently am. I used to be so fun-loving and optimistic about life, but the last year or two I feel overworked, overwhelmed, and just joyless. Can you please tell me what's going on with me and how do I find joy again? Thank you and blessings, Robin. My answer is, hi, Robin. When scanning you, I saw that your spirit is out of your body and attached to the top of your head. It looks like the bubble we see in a cartoon caption, the one containing the words that go along with the picture. If you go to the 12 Phases of Transition tab on my site, AskJulieRyan.com, you'll see graphics showing what the spirit bubble looks like. Since your spirit is out of your body, I'm unable to do a medical scan on you. It's as if I'm trying to view an MRI and the machine isn't plugged in. When somebody's spirit's out of their body, it, it, I can't do a scan because it's not illuminated. And it's almost like our spirit is the energy that makes our body run. And it's so fascinating to me when I see somebody's spirit out of their body and they'll say, what's going on? Do I have a virus or am I dying or whatever? And uh, I can't tell them. I can tell them if they're dying or not based on the configuration of angels and their loved ones' spirits around them that you can see graphics of in the 12 phases of transition. But I can't get a medical scan on them when their spirit's out of their body. So back to my answer. The good news is you're not dying. You're just finding it easier to be spiritually removed at this time in order to help yourself deal with the emotions of what sounds like a rough few years. You may want to look into meditating, even for 15 minutes, either during the day or when you're in bed for the night. This can help you get in touch with your breathing and therefore your body, which will in turn help calm you. Andrew Newberg, MD, has conducted research at the University of Pennsylvania Medical Center with meditating Buddhist monks and Franciscan nuns in prayer and has shown how meditation slash prayer increases serotonin levels. That's the feel-good hormone. You may want to Google Dr. Newberg, that's spelled N-E-W-B-E-R-G, for more information. In addition, while you're online, check out Dr. Amy Cuddy's TED Talk on YouTube. Dr. Cuddy, spelled C-U-D-D-Y, is a Harvard professor who's conducted research showing people can increase their serotonin levels, again, that's the feel-good hormone, and decrease their cortisol levels, cortisol is a stress hormone, by assuming the superhero stance for a couple of minutes. Picture Wonder Woman and Superman. You know how they stand, their legs are apart, their hands are on their hips, they're standing up straight, they look confident. What Dr. Cuddy's research has shown that if you fake it, your brain believes it, and so it reduces your stress hormones and it increases your feel-good hormones, and so it gives you confidence. Her research has been really interesting. I think she did it in conjunction with a professor at Berkeley as well. So go on YouTube and check it out, Dr. Cuddy. They can also positively affect serotonin and cortisol levels by holding a pen in their teeth for two minutes. Holding a pen in your teeth causes you to smile, which tells your brain you're happy even when you aren't. Again, you're tricking your brain to think you're happy. 
But be sure and hold the pen in your teeth, not just in your lips. Hold the pen in your teeth and look at yourself in the mirror. You'll see that you're smiling when you're holding the pen in your teeth. But if you're holding it just in your lips, you'll see you're not necessarily smiling. So try that too. I have a dear friend that's an ER nurse, and I was telling her about this because she was telling me how uh, stressful it is in in her emergency room. And I said, well, get a pen, hold it in your teeth, but at least wipe it off with an alcohol wipe first before you do that. And she said, well, I could use a tongue depressor because those are wrapped and they're clean, and I could just put that in my teeth. I said, whatever, it works. I know that the brain can tell the body what to do and the body will respond to it, excuse me, whether you believe it or not. All of us have had dreams where we felt like we were being chased or something scary was happened was happening in our dream and we woke up and our heart was pounding and our we were scared and maybe we were crying or whatever. Well, that wasn't real. Your brain, though, thought it was real because you were dreaming it, so you were seeing it, and your body followed what your brain told you, so it increased your heart rate and made you cry or whatever. So the brain, people have known for a long time, researchers have known for a long time, that the body's going to follow what the brain tells it, whether the brain believes it or not. Dr. Cuddy's research showed that the brain's going to follow what the body tells it too, like the inverse, and it will have a positive effect on the brain chemicals. So that correlates with all the mind-body information that we've been hearing out of Harvard, especially, I believe it's Dr. Benson at Harvard has uh, done research for, oh gosh, 20 or 30 years and um, has found that there is a huge mind-body connection. Lots of other doctors have done the same and researchers have as well. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to follow Julie on Instagram and YouTube at Ask Julie Ryan and like her on Facebook at Ask Julie Ryan. To schedule an appointment or submit a question, please visit AskJulieRyan.com. This show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be medical, psychological, financial, or legal advice. Please contact a licensed professional. The Ask Julie Ryan Show, Julie Ryan and all parties involved in producing, recording, and distributing it assume no responsibility for listeners' actions based on any information heard on this or any Ask Julie Ryan shows or podcasts.